0: Hello, and welcome to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts here. We've got Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, Josh Hartley. How are we doing this week, Tom? I am doing fine. Thank you, Josh. How are you doing? That was that was very broken. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm all right. We're, we're recording on Thursday night. It's nearly the end of the week. Um, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a non-event week really for, uh, for me anyway, just more of the, more of what I've been doing previously. My new, my new dog's taking up most of my time, to be honest. But uh, but he's settling in well. So Good. Well, Glad yes. to hear it. Yes. Um how about yourself? Have you have you done much this week? Uh
1: I did my garden at the weekend. That was, that was a, a highlight, yeah. Living was,
0: in our thirties. Yeah,
1: I'm nearly in my forties, mate. I'm not uh, don't call that much of my thirties. <laughs> nearly?
0: You're you turned thirty seven this year. I turned thirty seven last year. 10:38 this year. 10:38 okay. this year. Yep. You're still not nearly 40, though. I, I think would you're...
1: say 38 is nearly 40s. Like that
0: is. I, I I think 39. It's the year before you say, "Oh, I'm nearly." No, 40.
1: that's not. That's not how that works, buddy. Everyone, get in the comments. Well, weigh in on this. At what well, point are you agree, nearly 40? Agree to disagree. Yeah. Like I, I always think once you you pass the point where you're. Further away from the younger bracket than you are to the older bracket, you're nearly so. Like, once I was halfway through 35, I was nearly 40. So, but nearly 40 for that's,
0: a while, uh, no, that's not right. That's definitely, yeah. I mean, I could see an argument for like 38, oh, that's nearly 40, but like, so
1: you agree not, with me that 38 is nearly 40.
0: No, I, I, I'm saying <laughs> I can see an argument for that. Uh, I think I like,
1: you there. Got you um, with the old no, Tom switchery. No, you, no, you did
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> shut up! <laughs> right, don't shut up. That would be a very long podcast if it was just, just me talking. Just dead air. Um, um, yeah. See, so oh. yeah, I did. I
1: did my. Uh, I did my gardening, uh, which is the first time I've ever done my own gardening. Like I've I've done gardening before, but right. never for my my own garden, so to speak. So. That was fun. Did you like, hire a...
0: yourself out as a gardener. Well, no, <laughs> like... my
1: parents have a right, garden. Okay. that's so... your own garden. No, that's my mum's garden. Like, it's different. Um, right. So, I'd I bought my lawnmower, I bought my strimmer, I bought like my extension cords and my gloves and my weeders and all that kind of jazz. Pair and, of you know,
0: overalls, you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, I was just out there, sort of trying to get out before the rain kind of hit and i'd kind of mm. go out and i'd do a bit and then like the rain had like it was going to come on so i'd come back and then it did come on so i went out again and a lot of back and forth because mm. uh, it never actually rained at the weekend despite threatening to but uh i eventually got the majority of it under control so it's mm. not where i want it to be yet but it's not a jungle
0: anymore so that's, that's all right yeah that's yeah, fine
1: that's that's the main thing so still a lot of work to do but i'm really happy to to have got some some progress on that And then beyond that, uh, I've I've had... So I have basically the way my role-playing weeks work. I have one week where I do Pathfinder... No, not Pathfinder. Uh, Yeah, no, Pathfinder and Call of Cthulhu. Mm -hmm. And then the other week, I have two Star Wars games back-to-back and this was my Star Wars game week so I Yeah, ran.
0: so obviously I'm in one of them mm-hmm. um, and we, we're underway with the next part of our adventure after having very much our own little um, Empire Strikes Back um, adventure uh, where everything went wrong and horrible yeah, You've got uh, the bad now, ending on that one Yeah, yeah we're now on the next section uh, where we've picked up a bunch of droids off a totally trustworthy space pirate, mm-hmm. um, and uh, something has gone wrong with our ship. Now that we've got like these thousands of droids on board, yep. So I'm sure that they're unrelated incidents. Yeah, they're
1: completely unrelated. Not to mention other factors that you'll find out in the next session. But no, that was that was really fun, kind of getting into a fresh story. Uh, mm. We're on to episode 7 now of our little uh, saga. We've met Dave's new character as well. You have met Dave's new character as well. So obviously after his traitor has been uh, been written out, uh, mm. he has come back in as a, a Wookiee mechanic. Of
0: course.
1: Uh, so we've got a very tech-heavy team uh, between you and him and uh, the rest of the party. So he was kind of introduced. It was weird actually because we've not had a Wookiee appear I don't think yet. Oh, we've and, got to... it's and like we got like buses had, we had three <laughs> wookies in one episode because there yeah. was there was dave's new character there was a wookie pilot and there was a wookie drunkard as well mm. all in the one session so yeah you, you you don't see any wookies and then you get three at once so that was fun um i really enjoyed getting into that that new storyline mm. and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that
0: Let's see. how's your how's your fox guy How's he doing?
1: He's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing okay. I played that game uh, last night. Uh, so we had quite a small game. Uh, we had two pit players that couldn't make it, but we decided to still still play. Um, kind of got a bit of a com- comeuppance. Uh, basically, we're playing sort of smugglers and uh, we're kind of the, the scum and villainy side of things. We're not mm-hmm. evil, but we're, we're a bit on the dodgy side. But we've got um, a... Girl in our group, one of our party, who is uh, she's force sensitive, and she's kind of we're playing during the old republic, uh, Mm um, but it's a period in the old republic where the jedi have kind of lost, uh, and the sith are in power. Oh, Uh,
0: right, so
1: the timelines, yeah, uh, so she is kind of struggling to like kind of recognize her powers in this kind of difficult situation. So we'd met this other jedi woman and the two of them had kind of formed a friendship and i basically tossed that girl out on her ass because i was like well she's not a paying customer so she's not staying on my ship uh and she got killed uh and we basically found her body last night uh in the game she'd been killed by a bunch of uh gangers that we'd initially rescued her from and then mm-hmm. I'd kind of toss her out on the street because she wasn't paying, uh, and then she's been killed. So it's going to be—I think it's probably going to be a bit of a turning point for my character because sure. his his dismissal of this uh, this woman has ended up with her being dead. So we've kind of mm-hmm. gone out uh, looking for revenge on uh, on this gang that that killed her because he because uh, my, my little fox man—he's not a fox man; he's he's a squib. They're not foxes, but. they kind of look like like, foxes yeah everyone calls him a fox man like it's it's pretty
0: foxy bingo
1: foxy bingo so um yeah we're 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 going out looking after looking out for this guy who's responsible for killing this uh this jedi girl and then at the end of the episode uh we basically had broke into one of his warehouses where we we found out he was keeping some other jedi prisoners he, mm-hmm. we found he killed one of the other Jedi who was keeping prisoners and we found the one surviving Jedi which is a little Rodian child
0: Oh!
1: so we now have a little Rodian child Jedi to deal mm-hmm. with and I can't kick a kid out on the street so I guess I guess we have a kid now
0: <laughs> okay cool
1: so that's going to um. be interesting to see how, how that pans out the kid's probably as big as my dude my squib's only like three foot tall yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, see how that that pans out. But no, it's going it's going well. After I took a beating in the last session. Mm. So that's that's really been my games. I've got a couple of games I'm running this weekend. I've got Pathfinder on Saturday, and I've got uh, Call of the Netherdeep on Sunday. And I, I know you've got a game that you're running this weekend as well.
0: Yeah, tomorrow night, um, Friday, I've got uh, my friends coming over to play part two of the Stranger Things starter set for Dungeons and Dragons so um, to fill up to fill people in if they missed the the episode where we were talking about this previously we got about halfway through the scenario and I wasn't trying to hurry them because they were really enjoying actually doing role-playing which is was great to see like people who are new to Dungeons and Dragons like really throw themselves into it and really enjoy it so I didn't want to interrupt that. So we only got halfway through. They managed to get halfway through without a single fight as well. There was all like investigation and negotiation, basically. That will not be the case in this session. There's, uh, there are adversaries they're going to face that will not give them a choice. <laughs> so um, So I've got a bit of prep work to do for that. I mean, I'd read through the whole adventure previously, but I'll read through the second half of it again, get my maps drawn uh, in anticipation. One of the sections is really cool. Uh, the next section we're about to face is the cursed labyrinth, and it's randomly generated. You okay. you roll dice to see how the labyrinth turns out, which is uh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, so are you gonna
1: are you gonna pre-roll that, or are you gonna get them to roll it as you go? I'm
0: gonna get them to roll it. I want them okay. to. I want um, I want them to know that it's all randomly generated. Uh, I don't know why, but yeah, it'll be fun.
1: Are the encounters within it randomly generated as yes. well then? Right, okay.
0: Yes. So d- depending on what they roll, they might face off against troglodytes or skeletons. Or nothing like too intense. Yeah. Like, no Tarasks
1: around the corner.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Surprise! Um, but the, the, they have to hit a certain encounter to get out of it. Right. So I'll let them roll for a bit. Don't tell my players this, but after a certain period of time, if they haven't hit the the particular encounter they need to hit, uh, they they oh oh you you come across this guy. So
1: I can tell you what's going to happen. I know exactly. And they're what's never going to roll that. Or no they're gonna no roll no. It it's going to roll. Thing. They're going to roll it first. Immediately. It will yeah. be literally the first. So I remember. Did you ever play Warhammer Quest back in the day?
0: Oh yeah yeah so yeah.
1: You, that had random room generation. And I remember Ever faced
0: the bloodthirster in the first yeah, room. Yeah, I remember, yeah. like
1: on on more than one occasion, we'd go into the dungeon and you'd have like a corridor, like a you know a five foot wide corridor that just goes straight, and then room number two would be the final room. Yeah, so it's not even really a dungeon at that point. It's just an
0: entryway. You know? It's 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 it's, a ha- it's not even a house. It's one room. Yeah, what do you call it? It's a bus shelter, it's a bungalow. <laughs> the demon, this massive demon in a, a bungalow in a cul de sac.
1: It's yeah. got a little Zimmer frame and that.
0: Yeah, how's no, we just... get around? <laughs> These damn mortals. That's <laughs> true. You're doing graffiti all over the place. <laughs> going to write to me, MP. Um, yeah, that,
1: is, that is just too real, Josh. That is uh, <laughs> that is part of the problem with with random room generation. There's a couple yeah. of a couple of uh, resources for for Pathfinder and D D where they have random dungeon generation, and, and on a couple of occasions I've tried to use it and i have just ended up with some some nonsensical messes and mm. uh and you know just two room dungeons or dungeons that go around and crash into themselves and all kinds of problems so do
0: you know what though it will still be a fun experience if if that's if that's what ends up happening oh, it's just, definitely uh, yeah. magic do you know what like, <laughs> you fine.
1: can you can build narrative out of these kinds of things so like one thing that uh, colin did for a game years and years ago and i don't know if this was intentional or if it was born of kind of an accident he was running a i think it was 3rd edition dungeons and dragons and we went into this dungeon and it was just it was it, it made no sense right like the dungeon layout was terrible like the ecology of the dungeon didn't really work you know you had monsters next to each other that would kind of be eating each other there mm-hmm. were these like ridiculous traps in it as well that were just like why would you put this trap Anywhere, let alone in your own dungeon, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Colin, and again, I don't know if this was intentional or if it just kind of happened over time, but it became basically this villain's MO was that he was a, a lunatic. He was yeah. this lunatic architect who just made these absolutely nonsensical dungeons. And he was like, I can't, he had like a nickname, like the Mad Architect or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was this whole sort of mini... St- it wasn't really a storyline, but it was a mini kind of plot thing that all these these crappy dungeons with these ridiculous traps were all made by this one lunatic architect guy who who made these uh, surreal places. So, you know, you could do stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's neat. I think that's cool.
1: I yeah, mean- I love stuff. I, like, another thing that happened in our, um, our Star Wars game was we in the first session i think it was uh my guy i've mentioned is a gambling addict and we went into a casino and mm-hmm. we Colin said oh there's this gamorian at the at the casino table next year those are the big pig people for anyone that doesn't know yes. he said there's this this gamorian next year who's also gambling so i'm like okay cool so i caused that right you you have to roll off against him in this game of tobacco whatever it was so i rolled my gambling it's garbage and colin rolls and because it's on roll 20 we can see what he rolls and he rolls, and this guy's having like 10 to his gambling. And I'm like, how? You can't even get a skill that high, Colin. Like, yeah. how is this guy this this good? Uh, I, and this was after this, guy, this exchange had happened. So I'd lost this guy, obviously. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, at the end of the session, I was like, how do you get that good at gambling? I called, I think Kenny, who's in our session, or maybe Ian, one of the other players, has said, like, you could do it if, like, he builds, like, specifically into gambling and, like, mm-hmm. takes these specific traits that buff it. And basically Colin's written this Gamorian as this, like, gambler savant who's now hosting his own, like, open event because he... <laughs> and this is this was just a random Gamorian who yeah. Colin just gave him a roll that was too high for what someone should actually be able to roll. Yeah. Uh, and it's become this whole thing. Of, he's called Mork Vest and he has, like uh this reputation as being this you know gambling savant and now he has his own tournament and that and it's you you make these mistakes in games whether it's dungeons or npcs Mm. and rather than going oh no that didn't happen you've just got to roll with it and just 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 go yeah no that's that's canon that's how that is it's Mm -hmm. totally legit that this gamorian is a gambling legend
0: yeah
1: (laughs) so it's all (laughs) excellent
0: excellent well i'll let obviously I'll i'll let you and i'll let all of you listening. Uh, know how I uh, how that gets on and uh, so stay tuned but um, yeah uh, in terms of news this week it would be deeply remiss of us to not mention the fact that next weekend the bank holiday weekend here in the UK it is UK games Expo it was on last year uh, at a reduced level um I We've been having a look at the uh, Exhibitor map and with the events on, I think it's safe to say it is back in full swing now this year, which is great to see.
1: So it looks that way, yeah, from uh, from what's on their website. So that's good for for people that uh, want to get back to the convention scene. I know you were kind of on the fence about going, but obviously yeah. you've got uh, other responsibilities now. I have,
0: a, yeah, I have a greyhound to look after, yeah. so um, no conventions for me for now. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure once, uh, once Red is all settled in and he can have sleepovers. Uh, <laughs> we'll get his dad. friends around. <laughs> no. As it, as Red, you've
1: ruined the place. I told you. If I was going to leave you here, yeah, no parties.
0: God. No parties, Red. Yeah. Um, you come no. in and there's
1: a bunch of dogs at a table with poker chips and drinks.
0: Yes. There we go. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the dog's playing poker. Um, no. Um, obviously, like, my mum and dad have dogs. So the ideal, like, what we're working towards is we're we in like we're getting them to spend time once a, once a week so that they all get used to each other and to the point where Red could comfortably stay over at theirs mm-hmm. if I need to go away. So um, that's that that's what we're, we're working towards anyway. So um, yeah, no conventions for me. And uh, you had decided a while back that you weren't going to do UK Games Expo as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, like UK Games Expo is it's a big commitment travel wise mm. for us you know it's, it's a long journey um and i i i get tired out very quickly like mm-hmm. in, in places i don't know what it is like it's it's a weird thing but lots of people tire me out really fast things like a mental exhaustion or something um yeah. so yeah that the, the year we did it I had a lot of fun i don't don't want to understate how much fun i had at uk games xbox i did really enjoy it but it it killed me for like Two or three days afterwards. Yeah. Plus, I got like conquered as well, so I was, I was ill as well at the the tail end of it. So, yeah, it's it's something I'm happy to do every now and then. But every mm-hmm. year, it's probably not one for uh, for me.
0: Yeah, I think I'll go back next year, but just like no, this this wasn't the right time, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shall we shall observe from afar what yeah. happens and we've got we've got people we know people who are going to it so we'll, obviously we'll be speaking to them that all the tabletop Scotland guys go down for it so I'll, I'm keen to hear from them how they uh, how they enjoyed it this this time around um, we'll have a look I, I mean all the major uh, people you would expect to be there are there what, uh, Games workshop are now back. This year, if I remember correctly, they, they, they weren't attending last year when it was at the reduced capacity. Mm. But we've also got Catan, one of the major sponsors as well. Uh, we've got the likes of Paizo are there. Uh, they usually have a presence. And they're, they're, uh, they're really pushing a game called Dinky Dungeon, which I've heard very little about. Um, Same. Yeah. So uh, we'll we'll find out more from them. As to uh, over the weekend as to what that's all about. Um, one publisher that usually is in attendance and isn't this year for, for one reason or another is Cool Mini or Not, or, or Seamon, as Tom likes to call them. Or no
1: semen at UK e- Games Expo.
0: Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop. I, I'm stating
1: that? a fact. I don't know what your issue is, Josh. I don't know where your head is going. I'm just observing that there will be no and at UK Games Expo this year, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: can you can you refute my fact? Can you refute what I've said? I don't believe you can.
0: Right, moving along <laughs> from there, um, the other what, the other guy we were talking about this before here. But record. Uh, the other guys who aren't there, who uh, the other big player anyway in 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 the the hobby is Wizards of the Coast. Never seem to come to UK Games Expo, but if I if I, I I think I'm right in saying they don't do Essen either, which is humongous. So they obviously just don't do not do the European uh, conventions and mm-hmm. just stick to North America, which if that's the policy, that's the policy, I guess.
1: It seems so strange, though. Like, you know, when... And, I mean, maybe they have the luxury of just not needing to do it. You know, maybe there's a, a bit of almost arrogance to it for want of a better way of putting it. I mean, like, you see Chaosium there, you see Paiso there you know, Mm -hmm. loads of the other companies um, show up, you know. uh,
0: Ravensburger, Haber,
1: yeah. uh, Yeah, Cubicle 7 show up. uh, Mm -hmm. But yeah, for whatever reason, they just, they just don't show up.
0: So. I suspect it's more down to them being owned by Asbro and Asbro just saying, no, we're not, we're not spending money on shipping you, you guys out and, uh, you know, to to do the cons over there. Because it must be, Significantly cheaper to do it in the United States. I mean, sure, it's it's
1: it's expensive, right, for that kind of stuff. For obviously like shipment and stuff, but you get value back in other ways. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, when <clears throat> when I worked the Paizo booth at, at UK Games Expo a few few years back, like the the amount of positivity it generates at that event. You know, the amount of people like we would get. So I ran demo tables for Starfinder mm-hmm. the year that released. And the amount of people who would stop up and be like, "What's this?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's I'm Like, oh, I've never heard of it." And then they would sit and they would play it with you. They would play a demo mm. game and like, "Oh, where, where do I pick this up?" And you're like, "Oh, you know, well, there's stalls here, here, and here." And I mean, they don't bring stock because that's that is a you know that is a lot. That's to bring. the very yeah, very um, costly. But but if that person then goes off and buys from another stockist, that's more business that is fundamentally trickling back to Paiso. Mm-hmm. in in the long run and you know and, and it's not just that as well it's it's engaging with your community you know we're we're in a day and age now where community engagement is is key i mean even games workshop who are famous for not really engaging with their community for a very very long time yes now sat have, in
0: their ivory tower yeah, in
1: nottingham now have very high community presence globally at, at a lot mm-hmm. of events you know and, and wizards have some great community presence in the states they have some great community presence online but then they just seem to kind of go this isn't our business you know it's not our not our circus not our monkeys kind of thing <laughs> and
0: i think like maybe maybe part of it it's not really a good argument because games workshop fall into this same category right but like you t- what's the exact phrase um Dungeons both Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering the two the two products that wizards push But well, they're the two biggest lines anyway by a long shot. Yeah, um, They are both um, Lifestyle games. That's the phrase I was looking for so maybe they think to themselves. Well people who go to uh, Cons like UK games Expo they dabble with a lot of different things whereas our our core market i i would say a lot of people who play D D, all they do is D. De- like that that is their hobby their hobby isn't tabletop gaming their hobby is dungeons and dragons i'm not going to say the majority hmm. but I'm, I, I would say a significant chunk would probably fall into that bucket and definitely the same for magic the gathering i knew i knew plenty of people who whose hobby was magic the gathering and that was it
1: so i agree with you on fifty percent of your point, I a hundred percent magic is a lifestyle game. Like yeah. purely because of the financial investment it, it seems to, you know, require, not to mention mm-hmm. the time it, it takes, you know, yeah. deck building, playing games and things like that. I do I do agree with you, magic is a lifestyle hobby. D and D I'm not I, I kind of disagree. I actually think the majority of D and D
0: players are very casual. Uh, there I'm are the, I, yeah i'm not i'm don't get me wrong like i'm not saying the majority of d and d players okay. are, are lifestyle hobbyists like i th- i i think um i think you uh, like what you just said there i think the major like in terms of sheer numbers the the majority of people will dabble in d and d a little bit like in here and there and maybe have like one regular game mm-hmm. but that's it right um it's not like um not like Magic the Gathering, where that's all you spend your your spare time doing mm-hmm. and thinking about. The like, I mean, but... the,
1: the, the funny thing is, I, I would consider myself a lifetime gamer, a lifestyle, not yeah. a lifetime. Well, a lifetime as well, but a yes. lifestyle uh, gamer of not necessarily Dungeons and Dragons, but role playing games RPGs yeah. in general. You know, that is probably my prime. No, not probably that is my primary hobby, um, and I spend probably at least three nights a week playing, and then. A good bit of extra time prepping, because I, I run mm. games as well. Yeah. Uh, but I I don't think, even in the RPG sphere, I don't think that is the majority. I, I do think there is a very, very um, active minority that do that. Yes. Um, yeah. that, that You know, they're like me, they will buy every book that comes out for D&D and, and for like i used to do for pathfinder as well Mm -hmm. um and you know they will probably dabble in a number of other systems as well um so I, i i get what you're saying i do i understand the point you're trying to make and i i don't disagree with the principle i just think that's very it's very resting on your laurels
0: yeah i hey don't get me wrong i'm not I'm not trying to say it's a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, I don't think it is at all. But um, but that that could be a factor yeah. as to why they don't. There, and, and, and part of the reason why I don't think it's a good decision at all is Games Workshop are there and Warhammer. War, like a ve- Warhammer of various flavors is probably like the most lifestyle hobby. Like I I most I I think most people who play. 40k or Age of Sigma or something like that. That is their main hobby. They maybe dabble with other things here and there, but it is so time and money demanding mm-hmm. that there's not an awful lot else you can do with your free time if you're really, really, really into it. Yeah. No, I and, agree. And, and they are there. But I suppose it's a bit different with Games Workshop, with them being UK based but as well. But it's
1: not. Because Games Workshop go to the American events.
0: That's true. That's true. They do have. A, I mean, they do have a big operation in the United States as well. And like, Wizards don't have any offices over here. I know they they've got a printer, like the, a, a a printing plant in Belgium. Yeah. For for at least for the Magic the Gathering cards. I don't know where they print the books for D and D. But.
1: I mean, um, in the in the big scheme of things, right? How much is it really going to cost you to send over half a dozen people? Like on a like for me or you, yeah, that'd be a lot of money. But on a company mm. scale, you know, that's a drop in the bucket, really. Yeah. For, for for what you would get, and and it maybe you don't see the financial benefit from it, right? Maybe it doesn't show the returns, return investment. And and I understand there is a bottom line element there, but at the same time, think how good that would be for the community. You know, I know that things like UK Games Expo and. Um, Tabletop Scotland as well, and, and other events, they host these D&D events, right? They do the Adventures oh, yeah. League, they do the multi-table specials. <clears throat> and I know that Wizards support those via their... They have basically the equivalent of what were Venture Captains in the Pathfinder Society, mm-hmm. which are people that, you know, kind of run uh, Adventurers League in, in the UK for them, kind of volunteers more mm-hmm. often than not. And they send them over, like, you know, resources to, to support that. But imagine if you went to, like, one of those events and you go to UK Games Expo, and and this is just me kind of being a bit fantastical about it, and there's a a panel with Chris Perkins from from Wizards of the Coast or, you know, one of the other prolific writers or people involved, you know, it'd be so good for the community. And it'd be so good for UK Games Expo as well, you know, bringing people in. Because that that would be a big draw for me, you know, to to go outside of, of the podcast as a mm. as a gamer, like if I heard or you know, like or Chris Perkins or you know uh, Mike Mason, I think it is. I can't quite remember his name off the top of my head. Um, mm-hmm. You know, or the people that have been been involved with ED or like even you know people involved in the extended uh, Wizards podcasting community as well. You know, you've got things like Acquisitions Incorporated, Critical Role, all these kinds of things. You know, if, and they're they're separate to Wizards and Hasbro, but there is an affiliation element to it. Sure. Um, So, you know, or can, if someone from that turned up, you know, just the crowd it would draw in and of itself would be not only great for for UK Games Expo, but great for the hobby, you know, Mm -hmm. generating that enthusiasm and and adding those extra bodies in and bringing more of the community together. And, you know, you don't want it to be a D&D convention, but I mean, if it becomes that, is that a bad thing for Wizards, (laughs) you
0: know? No, no, that's bad as, yeah. Because
1: that's something people pick up on. If you go Mm -hmm. to a convention, people notice the booths that are busier and crowds are infectious. They draw more people in. So if, if Wizards did something like that and they have something, you know, that's really kind of pulling in the people, whether it's, you know, let's say for argument's sake, you know, you've got Acquisitions Incorporated signing books or doing a, a live mm. episode or doing panels or, you know, even if you've just got, you know, Chris Perkins and people like that present at the stand, that um, that just, be such a draw, and that would pull more people in and potentially people yeah. who have lapsed out of the hobby or maybe' are just they're interested but they've not quite had that that last push they're kind of drawn towards it, and there you go there's some new numbers and then word of that spreads and that's just my take on it
0: yeah I mean the other thing that that that's that that crossed my mind uh, is, is at least with magic the gathering anyway, they do have like the regular tournaments. Uh, throughout the world, and I must admit, I need to. I've been out of Magic, like, you know, like I've been out of Magic: The Gathering in, in an intense way for a while. Anyway, so I don't know if because I know they stopped doing in-person tournaments. Yeah. Uh, at, the, at the sort of Grand Prix scale, uh, which are ba- which are basically Magic: The Gathering conventions. Yeah. Like um, I don't know if they've restarted them or not. I'd I'd love to go back to one actually, but um, I'll I'll need to check that out
1: just to correct myself it's Mike Merles who's d and Mike Mason is Chaosium I'm getting my companies go. mixed up uh, getting my mics confused no I, I get yeah. where you're coming from um, I, I see what uh, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down <laughs> yes <laughs> but Wizards
0: should be at UK Games like they should so, be that's,
1: that's the big takeaway from this yeah right to, yes. your, right to your local MP and <laughs> yeah
0: he's <laughs> well, it, it full circle on, on 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 that note, shall we draw this episode to a close? Yeah, let's do that. Cool, excellent. Well, look, guys, as always, thank you very much for listening, and until next time, you take care. Bye. Bye.